All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, a little tragically hip for you. A lovely Thursday afternoon. Never a bad day for some hip. Welcome back. Jason Greger Show presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where all of the revenue stays right here in the province of Alberta at PlayAlberta.ca, where it is only regulated online gambling website. Uh, I am Jason Greger. He's Connor Halley. We're coming to you live from the Ewell Studios. Go to EWEL.ca for all your electrical needs. And uh, we welcome to the program our regular Monday and Thursday co-host. He is a first-round selection in the National Hockey League. He's a two-time author. He is an actor. His uh, second season of Shorzy comes out tomorrow. Terry Ryan joins us. TR, how are you? I'm all right. It comes out, well, technically tomorrow, but 12.01. Oh, oh nice. So that's 12.01 your time. Is your watch party going to happen right then, or are you going to wait till tomorrow? Well, Jared said 12.01. I assume he means everywhere that it's now. Maybe, maybe it's Eastern time. Oh, I, don't know. Okay. I didn't think about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, they sent me finally today. Uh, the six episodes in advance, so I've seen it. I watched it all this afternoon. <laughs> oh yeah, you uh, you binged it. Yeah. How did uh, how did you I look? How, how how would you rate your your acting this year in Shorzy? Oh God, my acting is just you know it's the same. It's you know it, it's I I think it's safe to say it's more than fifty percent just me being me. But uh, you know it's sufficient. But I, I, like I said, it's it's great for me to connect the dots because we're not in every scene. Yeah, uh, and. You know, there's other stuff going on, and, you know, I, I read it in the script. It's just way different. It's just way different. There's way more context to it. There's a lot of scenes that required very little to no talking that take up two to three minutes. So 
there's a way more heart and soul and emotion when you watch it. And now, you know, to see it in sequence in like a linear formulas, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what people will think. I, I enjoyed the, the process. Now, having gone through both seasons mm. and having seen both seasons. Yeah. Do you like season two better than season one? Yeah. yeah a lot more. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I it's like, I don't know. Again, it's, it's really, really hard for me to look at this completely objectively being in it. Okay. Yeah. But I can get closer to it when I see it than when I'm acting in it because yes. acting in it, we're there. And like I said, it's out of order. It's a little bit of fun. Like no matter what, sometimes I don't care what anybody says when there's a lot of lines, there's a level of like, I'm remembering this. Yes. I hope, I hope I'm acting it as well as I, I'm thinking it, but I, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more remembering to come in at the right time. And when you watch it, you're like, oh, okay, like, I, you know, I didn't realize that or that or, you know, there's way more context to the scenes uh, watching it, it, you know, on your own and in order rather than acting in it and reading it for sure. Yeah, no, that would make sense. I can understand that uh, for sure. That totally makes sense. Uh, Terry Ryan uh, joins us. So. DR, we're now into, you know, a few teams. Some guys have played two, uh, three preseason games already. You know, I don't put much stock into the overall result. Ultimately, some people are getting really fired up about Ottawa because they won two uh, preseason games against Toronto. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens. But, what, you know, you go back to, and you've talked about, and by the way, I just saw a scrap with you and Leach on uh, online the other day. Oh, my goodness, guys. Uh, there's no de- there, there's no defense in that fight, I'll tell you that. It was just uh, guys throwing <laughs> everything they had at it. But, you know, you the nerves now that, you know, okay, like lots of cuts. And by the way, the Edmonton Orders just uh, had a story. I should announce this. The Orders had a, a massive number of cuts today. Uh, they sent back, uh, you know, Tyler Tulio, uh, Jake Chason, uh, Gruby, Carl Berglund, Matt V. Petroff, uh, Max Wainer to uh, Bakersfield. And they had some players here. Uh, who are on, you know, on AHL only deals that are going back like, uh, Dijon, Kamitz, Lyndon Wright, Corkin, Johnson, Gansky, Bernard, Parks, guys who didn't play in any games. So, um, you know, Wayner got into one game, Tulo got into one game, Groove, Berloff, and Petroff, they all played one. Uh, Chase on actually didn't even get into a game. But, uh, and Carter Savoy, by the way, he had a little bit of nagging injury. He'll play tomorrow in Calgary. Uh, for any of the local mm-hmm. people wondering uh, where Carter Savoy is, uh, he was a little nicked up, but he's ready to roll and he will play tomorrow. But so now, you know, the cuts come. Um, does the angst, you know, does it get higher or is it, is it a relief? And you're like, okay, you know what? Hey, I got through the first cut, so I must be doing something right. That's a great question. I, I think it just pre- depends on your perspective and your expectations. Like I was mentioning to you, I was going to have a look at that Grubay kid played in uh, Red Deer, I believe. And, you know, he, he got into a game. I don't think he expected to make the team. Yeah. Right. Got into an NHL game. We'll go down now. I'm sure they were very clear to these people what they want out of them. I mean, communication is a big thing. They've been around this long. It's a month at a National Hockey League camp. I don't think it can hurt anybody. And I don't think of the people that are sent down so far, it's any huge surprise. Um, As a player, I just, you know, at this time of year, just every single day, no matter where, there was more of an idea of what you were going to be doing and what your role was going to be. So it would excite me one way or the other. I, I mean it. When I when I was first sent to Fredericton, I, I really wasn't really that upset. I was like, okay, now I know. I mean, all the upset stuff, the stuff with Michelle Therrien that I did, oh, that's all side stuff. I just mean the actual act of being sent to the A. I don't know. I looked at it. There's a lot of my buddies, you know, that I played with in junior and Boyd Olson and Aaron Asham, David Ling was down there, and all guys that, 
you know, where Matt Higgins, you know, Brad Brown, other first round picks I could identify with. We were down there. Not everybody gets sent down with a bunch of other first round picks. For me, I had Brad Brown the year before me and Matt Higgins the year after me. And up top was Turner Stevenson and Saku Koivu, who were there right before that. So I could always have people to bounce ideas off of. And mm-hmm. in, in an organization like Montreal, same thing with Edmonton, so much history, so many cups, so much winning that, you know, it, it was good for me to absorb all of that with my teammates. Some people are in different situations. If you're Brandon Sutter, I'm sure it's way different. Who I thought looked okay, but I'm still eh, still iffy. What do you? What would you need to see from Sutter? Well, I think I'm, I, he, I, I think I saw one turnover. I, I just want to make sure that he can keep up with it. I want to see this. I want to see him keep up with the play five games in a row. The rest of it, I'm confident that he can. There's no level of adapting. He's already been there. He's just got to get back to where he was. And if he can be that person, it wasn't that long ago. Great, but I don't think like it, it, this is an example of a long exhibition probably benefiting people that are evaluating him, him himself as well. Oh, yeah. I would think Sutter's going to – and, well, Jay Woodcroft even outlined he was going to play three of the first five. And so considering, like, their next two games are on the road in Calgary and Vancouver, usually the home team plays uh, better lineups. Um, you know, Sutter's a Red Deer guy. I could see – and you know how it is, Terry. Like, every game is exciting in the NHL, but certain games are more exciting than others for certain players. It's just a fact. It's human nature, right? Uh, being an Alberta guy, his whole family, you know, his dad, his uncles, coaches, scouts. So I, I could see why I would play Brandon Sutter tomorrow in Calgary uh, to kind of see what type of jump he's going to have. But then there's also the chance that you can play him Saturday in Vancouver because that's the, you know, the last team he played for and he was playing pretty well there. So either way, Jay Woodcroft's got an opportunity to do things. But I look at uh, um, the fact that he could, uh, you know, I'd play him in Calgary. Where would you play him? Uh, I would I would play them both. Oh, okay. All right. Is that an option? Uh, you could. That's, well, yeah. I want to see how we can do it. I mean, oh. one of the things I'm evaluating this guy on is his, you know, can he play a full season? Is he, is he, can he adapt to being off the last two years? I don't care what Jimmy was in. You know, I would want to see him as much as I possibly could. If it's up to me and it's a guy like that, I play him like seven of the eight games. All right. Okay. That's just me. Now, let's get to our uh, big guest of the day, brought to you by the Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies with state-of-the-art motor coaches that take you and your group safely to your next destination. Book your ride at silentrides.ca. And uh, our next guest, he is a receiver for the L.A. Chargers, and a big opportunity, unfortunately, uh, because one of his teammates, Mike Williams, is down for the season with uh, with a torn ACL, but uh, next man up, and uh, this next man is obviously has lots of experience, but like any player, you're always looking for more opportunities. Uh, Josh Palmer joins us. Josh, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm excellent, man. Um, I, every player never wants to have a teammate go down to injury, and, and that's the reason why they get more opportunity. But that's also kind of the reality of pro sports sometimes. You know, you're on the roster, you're in the offense, you're getting balls, but now, you know, you, you probably have a bigger role. Do, do, you have a, do you have kind of any guess on, you know, how much bigger a role and, and how excited are you about that? Uh, you know, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I'm still really sad about Mike. You know, Mike is running close to me, really close to the receiver, so we hate to see him go down. But, you know, he has full confidence. Keaton has full confidence, and I am just enough full confidence in myself that, you know, I'm able to just do what I do just now more often. 
Give me your sense of, you know, you've, you've gotten to know Justin Herbert. Obviously, you know, you've played with him for a few seasons. Um, you know, he's an electrifying quarterback, Josh. But as a receiver, what, like, what makes him so good? What is it that makes your job as a receiver easier when he's throwing you the ball? Well, he just puts the ball in the right place, you know? It doesn't matter what kind of route I run. It could be, it could, it, it, it could be, it could, it could not be a, the greatest route, but he'll do his part and be a pro as well and, and throw it on the money. You know, we always talk about that. We always find it pretty funny whenever I go up to him and I ask him about the route, how was that route? I could have did a better job, but he's like, yeah, you know, I'm a pro too, right? So I have to put it in the right spot for you to be successful. Josh, Josh Connor Halley here. Mike. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. With Mike Williams out, as mentioned, you'll probably have a bigger role, obviously. So, does this change your preparation for the week? Do you work closer with the quarterback, being Herbert, or do you just go same as you've been doing? No, I do the same as I've been doing. I've been preparing as if I've been the number one receiver since my rookie year. Uh, my preparation doesn't change. You know, I continue to do what I do. I'm, I've always been working with Justin since I've been here. Uh, and like I said before, the wire prepare is, is is fairly strong. So I just have to, like I said earlier, I just have to keep doing what I'm doing just more often. Uh, Herbert, I hear, puts the time in. Uh, and I know he pay, plays through injuries. It sounds like a leader to me. Is he a good leader in the room? Yeah, for sure, definitely. He He's a good leader. He's a vocal leader. He leads by example. Josh Connor-Halley here. Uh, just quickly, uh, Kellen Moore coming over from the Cowboys this past offseason uh, as the new offensive coordinator. Uh, h- how has that gone, the transition to his offense, and, and how much do you like what he's been able to do, uh, not only getting the passing game going, but also the run attack? Uh, I love it a lot. You know, we go deep, and we're going to run the ball a lot. You know, unfortunately, Austin is down right now, but we have J.K., Spiller, we have a bunch of guys back there who can who can tote the rock, so... You know, we're going to put guys in the right places to be successful. I think that was one of the main things about his offense. And so far, we've been doing that. When you have, you know, you mentioned going deep. As a receiver, like, I get crossing patterns are fun, Josh. But if I did, if, if you got to pick, what's your favorite route that you would want to run with Herbert as your quarterback? With Herbert, any route. Okay. Uh, now, what any, about you? What do you think route. is your best route to run? Like, for you, if we had to say, okay, Josh, you get to pick one route that you're like, I am 100% guaranteed no one's covering me, what's the route? Uh, uh, is, it fair, is it fair for me to say every route, too? <laughs> well, it can be fair, but everybody's better at one thing than the other. It's got to be one that you like better. You're just like, yeah, hey, I, you know what? I don't want to give it away to the competition, you know? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I can understand that, um, but you know, I mean, I mean, they won't know what I'm. They won't. They won't know what I'm running the route. But um, I don't know. I, I I like all routes. You know, especially working with Keenan. You know, you you, you start. You tend not to favorite one route because you learn to run so many. And what about the motion we're seeing? The Miami Dolphins are doing it more than anyone else, Josh. And uh, it's not the same waggle as the CFL, but as a receiver, every receiver who came up here and played and got the waggle, they're like, oh, my God, I love it because I'm in motion. I got a bigger advantage. We're starting to see it more. Do you, do you think you'll see that even more in your offense as it progresses and you have yourself and Keenan Allen and, and other receivers a little bit more in motion? I am not sure. I can I can't foresee the future in terms of what Coach Moore is going to do with the offense. But you know it's been successful. You know Miami is really successful with it. It's not exactly what they can do in Canada, but yeah. you know it seems like with Keller we just we're going to do everything. 
Well, it definitely does. And, you know, you look at it and offense in the NFL, it's changed so much, to, you know, in the last decade. It's definitely more of a passing league, which is great, at least from my perspective. And I assume as you as a receiver, you love it because you, you got a chance to get your ball in your hands uh, way more often. And just it's always evolving. Like when you're in the film room and you look at when you came in till now, how, how different is the, the creativity of the offense in your eyes? Like, are you seeing it be that much more just not pass happy is the wrong word, but more creative in the passing? game have you noticed a difference in your in your few years in the nfl uh wait sorry what are you asking are you asking how creative the offenses are since i've been in the nfl or in the new offense yeah like no since you've been like if you look back to when you first came in till now which i know isn't super long time but still the game seems to have changed a lot offensively in the last three years right um yeah i feel like it's 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 becoming a throwing league um but I, I also think some people take advantage of the run game and how successful the run game could be, especially when, when you need to win games. But, you know, from a, from a receiver standpoint, you know, it's fun. It, you get to run around. You run up against better DBs because they're throwing the ball much more often, so guys got to cover. But, you know, I'm, I'm, still fairly, I'm still fairly young in the league, so I'm not seeing much of a difference. Okay. Probably asking like another five years. Joshua, just one last question here for me. Uh, a lot of people, and I know fantasy doesn't really matter to you, but a lot of people looking at the waiver wire, looking at Quinton Johnston, uh, the rookie at a TCU. Can you give us a scouting report on what you've seen from him in practice so far? Uh, you know, Q, Q, Q's coming a long way since since he's been here since, uh, since the rookie uh, minicamp. And he's coming along well. You're going to see him. You're going to see him fly around. You're going to see everybody fly around. It's going to be it's going to be a sight to see. Now, in terms of fantasy football, I don't really know much about that but um you know we got we got ultra confidence in this receiver room for sure well josh best of luck this weekend uh getting back to to 500 then onward and upward for the chargers thanks for your time yes sir thank you that's uh josh palmer in his uh third season with the la chargers and uh, obviously will be taking on a, a bigger role with the unfortunate injury to uh, mike williams who is done for the season with an acl the uh, chargers uh, probably followed closely by the Ravens the last few seasons decimated by key injuries at times and uh Mr. Eckler practiced again today Connor what's uh what's your thoughts are you going to see him in the lineup on Sunday I mean it it's starting to look that way especially with you know the injury to Mike Williams uh, you need guys to step up obviously you know Joshua Palmer is going to get that opportunity as is Quinton Johnson but I think Eckler's going to give it a go. He's pretty tough. I guess there is that risk of re-aggravating the injury, right, and, and making sure you are 100%. From what I saw, there is a little risk with just his ability to cut. And if you know Austin Eckler's playing style, that's something he does rely on. So uh, it might be a little bit risky, but I, I would expect him to try to give it a go on Sunday. Always watch uh, the insiders, though. Get that last report before you start him. All right. That's uh, Josh Palmer, our big guest, brought to you by... Silent Silent Rides Charter Company. Uh, we'll return. We have uh, Ryan's rant coming up uh, a little bit later on. He's got a hockey rant for you. Also got a lot of text to get to. 833-401-1440. It's the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Owners Nation YouTube. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, as we roll through the Greger Show on Sports 1440 and Owners Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, coming to you live from the Ewell studio. Of course, uh, Ewell, proudly sponsored, uh, your local electrical distributor. As they like to say, stay tuned for an electrifying show that's going to light up your day. That's right. 
I love that from uh, ewell.ca. I'm Jason Greger. Also, uh, Terry Ryan, as always, along for the uh, Thursday ride. We got a, a lot of text flying in at 833-401-1440. Hey, guys, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Drake Kajula's chances of making the team? Hmm. Well, I'm going to say really low because he's a left winger. And the orders have Kane, Nugent Hopkins, Fogel, and Holloway ahead of him right now. So I think, and they're only carrying twelve forwards. So I don't, I don't see where he fits in. Do you, Terry? No, no, I agree totally. I was thinking about that last night while go, while going through the lineup. Doesn't matter how well he plays either. It's just one of those situations, you know. Each team finds themselves in that position once in a while. I think he has a future. I'm just not sure if it's here. Yeah, well, you know, he signed the uh, the 750, gets a gets good money um, being in the minors and, you know, probably more in a, in a little bit of a leadership role at this stage of his career. He was, you know, he was an NHLer, sure. helped the orders six years ago, but, you know, now he, he might be more of a of, of an AHL guy, if, if I'm being completely honest. Um, you know, it's kind of like Adam Ernie, like Adam Ernie's here on a PTO. I really think Adam Ernie's here in Edmonton on a PTO and is going to hope to play really well and maybe see another team that signs him because I, you know, that's what I think happens to these yeah. guys a lot, you know, like yeah. it would. Cause, cause even with, I look at Ernie, like when I look at how many contracts Edmonton has, like, so Sam Gagne, granted on a PTO, but he's going to start in the American league. You've got uh, Drake Kajula. He'll be in the American league. You, uh, you, you might have Raphael Lavoie. If you don't have Raphael Lavoie, then, you know, Maybe, uh, you know, Lane Peterson's going to be there for sure. And I don't know, would, would Sutter sign uh, a contract to start in the American League? Maybe. So there's just a lot of bodies down there with all their young kids and they want some of their young kids to play. So I just don't see how it benefits the Oilers to sign Adam Ernie to an AHL deal. He's either on this team or I think he's released from his PTO. I don't see how he's going to go to the minors. It doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to me either. Sometimes you bring those guys in because there could be an injuries during camp. Sometimes over the summer, guys are tight. Whatever happens, lots of teams have it. Sometimes you have three injuries at the same position, right? So, but I, unless something like that happens, there's some unique situation. Just don't see it. Just don't see it. TR, did you ever have a somebody in training camp outwardly complain that they weren't getting a fair shot during camp? Interesting question from Steve. That is a great question. Um, and I know of a couple of examples, except I never saw it publicly or yeah. I never saw it because I'd be in a room like, you know, you, yeah. you get people's trust and you might sit down. Uh, in Montreal, we would go at a nickel restaurant, order some spaghetti and maybe have a chat about it. But not in my experience did I see many people come out publicly and say that. Yeah, well, more so even just as a teammate, I think Steve was referencing, right? Where, geez, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting a good a good look here. And like, Yeah, and, lots. And, and sometimes I think there's probably truth to that, Terry. But then sometimes there might be a case where I'm like, dude, you just because players know at the end of the day, like who's really good enough or not. Right. Like, you know, I, I'm not expecting to name names or maybe if you want to go ahead. But like yeah. there's probably some guys you played with that their idea of how good or how hard they worked was different than the reality. Well, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. So that usually that sort of stuff, you know, you run into people, oh, you know, the system screwed me over. And usually something happened. You're not telling me the whole story. But what, what I do see often, more often than not, if the player has a case, it's not how much they were out there. It's who they were out there with. Okay. You know, well, I mentioned the guy that went the year after me, Matt Higgins, great player in Moose Jaw, two-way, 
really underrated hands, real, real good player. I thought he was going to play a thousand games in the NHL. But if we go to camp and you put him with Dave Morissette and, uh, God, I, I don't know, Russ Gugier, he's probably not going to do as much as he would. I'm not saying he's got to be with – I'm going back now 20 years. I'm giving you my experience. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't have to play with Koivu and uh, I know Tom Foos or, or something like that. But, you know, put him with a couple of guys that m- can maybe show – his positive attributes, you know, like there was, and I saw that more than I use Matt as an example because it sticks out to me, but I saw that a lot and the player would have a leg to stand on. But usually if it's like time or, or, you know, didn't get fighted into a camp, there's probably a reason, you know, or after the end of a season, usually that season goes by. Okay. At some point we're not trying to lose. I'm going to put you with those players, but camp can go by and you can get a guy going, my God, you know, you didn't put me, you didn't let me thrive. That happened. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, and Cam's such a short time. And, like, I look at Edmonton because we had people saying, well, Lavoie should get a look in the top six. And I'm like, why? He's not going to play in the top six in Edmonton, right? And and if he plays, like, you know what, if he gets a look with Warren Fogle, proven NHL player, Derek Ryan, proven NHL player, Matthias Janmark, go down the list. Like those yeah. are the guys he's going to play with in the regular season. So if, if you want to say he should have a look with those guys, I totally agree with you. But I, I, I don't see much benefit to say, hey, you know what? Connor McDavid's only going to play three preseason games. So let's play one of them with Raphael Lavoie, even though we know there's zero chance he's going to play in the regular season. It doesn't make sense. And it often goes the other way. I remember, God, a great example would be Aaron Asham. Aaron Asham was, let's just say, in my experience, again, I'm talking about Matt Higgins, okay? Matt couldn't never fight and, and, and wasn't as physical. There was a, Now, Aaron had 45 goals twice, had more goals. You could make an argument. Ash was a better player offensively. You could make the argument. But 
Matt's slotted in for that top six, so he's got to fit into that where Aaron can slide back down, play on the fourth. You know, that's often why you get a guy like Holloway. What are we what, what are we seeing? Can he fit here? Can or, or that Robertson kid in Toronto? Can he fit here? He looks like a good player, but there's six there's already eight top six forwards here. So yeah. what are we gonna do? Whereas some guys can change their game and be comfortable doing that. So often Camp will will bring that out too. Well, you thought you were a first liner. Bad news you're not. Good news you're on the team. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which is hey. I would think for most guys, yeah, I'm on the team. That means I'm making basically 10 times yeah, more than exactly. I'd be making in the minors. And I'm in the <laughs> yeah. NHL and I'm, you know, I'm getting free meals all the time and I'm fine first class. So there's, there's lots of other <laughs> yeah. benefits to it, but there, I'm sure, you know, there have been some that it's easy if you want to convince yourself that you weren't given a fair shot rather than say, you know what? Maybe I'm not good enough. Right. And that's hard to admit because there's lots of really good players, Terry, that and I shouldn't even say not good enough, not consistent enough might be better. Right. Because I think that's that's the line that separates a lot of NHLers. You know, injuries, of course, being the the wild card that can screw over all like it's the number one uh, contributor to people not reaching their potential. That's a fact that's been proven in lots of studies. But when when you look at players like I see guys, they come up and they show you a spurt here or there and then it's gone. Right. And finding consistency is really hard in the NHL. That's honestly why I I love watching Leon Dreisaitl play. I I, McDavid, obviously. okay, And he's so fast. And but Dreisaitl, he gets in these because like a lot of great players, if you're if you're even talking about anybody considered for the top six, even if you're in the NHL, usually there's if you get some free space, you you will be able to wow somebody. Yeah. You, know, you might get eight goals all year, but four of them might be, whoa, did you see that? Like you said, it's consistency. But some guys go out there, I don't know, the absolute greats with the, the great thinkers in the league, again, outside of McDavid. Let's go Dreisaitl. Let's go Mitch Marner. I like watching Patrick Kane. Of course, he might. I hope he comes back. But guys like that who can like consistently have that time and space and wow you still, I find that that can be mesmerizing. But anybody that brings even a remote – like what I'm saying is that those guys pull off magic consistently. But if you can just consistently get open and get a good shot on that, make a good pass, I don't know. Derek Ryan, you mentioned guys that are in the NHL that get used to it, that you know you can see how experience helps them. They might not be unbelievable, but – they make the consistent play, and once in a while, if they get open, it's under the bar, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because um, the, like, the consist, uh, it's another thing to me is the players, those defensemen that you don't talk about a lot, who just consistently make the 10 foot pass. And people think it's easy, but I'm telling you, it's not easy to always put the puck on the tape. And there's just yeah. some guys who, and I'm not talking about the offensive guys because, you know, they make the great passes and yeah, they might miss one or two. Like even dry subtle, he makes a lot of sick passes and then he misses some. Sure. But yeah. like there are certain guys like Devon Taves in Colorado, like he, he's constantly making the right play and it's not always flashy, Terry, but man, it's effective. I'll tell you this. And again, going back to my experience, guys that when you're out there practicing daily and pregame warmups and watching and everything, I know I didn't play a lot, but at least that 96, 97, that full year, I was up there most of the year, man. And I remember going out every day and by like the second month going, I think Stefan Quintal is the best D on our team. No one would ever say that. Yeah. But 
man coming out of the zone and like, you know, just having his man in the zone. And like a lot of people did flashier things. Some people were more, I don't know. uh, We had Patrice Breezebo on our team, Valerie Malikoff, real pretty flashy here and there. Breezer was a little more reliable. Then you had, you know, we had Dave Manson, right? We we had Ulanoff. Like we, we had guys out there that were, were, were mean and, th- and then you had Kintal and he was so tough and he would take on anybody because he was a gamer but to me it, he always made the right play coming out he was so smooth and because of that and, and we relied on him so much and he was so smooth that you almost took it for granted Hey guys, uh, Holloway had an unbelievable preseason last year and he couldn't grasp the top six. The Lions haven't done 50% of what Holloway did. Why would anyone think he's top six? Well, Ontario, I don't think anybody does. Even, even Lavoie. Like, so I want to pump the brakes here. 99.9% of people don't think Raphael Lavoie is ready for top six and that's fine. He shouldn't be. Raphael Lavoie himself knows where the job opening is in Edmonton. The job opening in Edmonton is on the fourth line. That's just how it is. Now, you know, there's some guys as Yanmark, as Ryan, who's going to be on the third line. We'll see. Maybe neither. Maybe it's going to be Holloway, uh, Fogel and McLeod when McLeod's healthy. We'll see. But we know the one opening that's there is on the fourth line. It, they would like it to be the centerman, but it doesn't have to be. If, if Lavoie crushes it, then they can move Derek Ryan to play center. But, um, you know, the thing about, and there's the other thing about crushing in preseason, Terry, because you played preseason games. And then you get to the NHL and then you get to the first 10 NHL games and then you get to a month into the season. And you're like, Oh my God, like every level is so much better. Like the first few preseason games compare like 60% of what an NHL game is. Like I think that might be a, an accurate portrayal of how different the preseason early preseason games are to what an actual NHL regular season game is. So I think it's really hard to even evaluate a guy if he's playing well. Cause you're like, well, yeah, he's playing well, but he's playing well. When it's half AHL guys, you know what I mean? I do. And look, to go back to that question. No, I do agree with you fully. Um, but that's that's kind of what I'm saying, though, with when he said, you know, there's no room on the on the first two lines. And, you know, if Holloway is going to be there, what's the point? I'll tell you what the point is. This is what I'm saying. It's often, I don't know, to me, Holloway, you drafted him for a reason to be possibly on those first two. I think that. I can expect that. I want to know if he can play on the fourth. That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you a story. I just mentioned Aaron Asham. 2010, 2011, the Flyers went on a run. They were down 3 nothing to somebody and came back and won four games of three, one of the only times it's ever happened. They they went to Montreal, I believe, for one of those series. They made it to the final. They played the Habs, I think, in the second round. In whatever the case, I flew up uh, to Montreal to watch, and Simone Gagne got hurt. Now, Aaron was on the fourth line all year, but it was nice to know that he could play on the fr- Now, okay, now we got to have someone go up. Now we need somebody there. Well, Aaron can play there. Aaron's on the fourth line. I, I don't know who else was there. I don't know if Jody Shelley was there, someone like that. I don't know if Jody can do it, but Aaron Asham definitely can. You know, he's, but he's a fourth liner, but we know he can play up. We saw it in camp. He had 45 twice in junior. That's kind of what I mean. You want to know if someone can be, fill all those roles because, I don't know. Yeah, and a team like Holloway's on, there's no chance he's getting up on those first six right now. But injuries happen, trades happen, all kinds of things happen that if we get down to it, can he play on the third or fourth line? Because we know we can slot him up there on the power play with those big guns, and he's probably going to succeed. Can he take a hit? Can he block that shot? Can he be? Re- can we rely on him defensively to get out there two or three times a period? That's what I'd want to want, want to know. Jason Gregor, Terry Ryan with you. Got a lot of text to get to. Also, when we come back, Ryan's rant. 
on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. We continue on Thursday afternoon. Jason Greger, Terry Ryan with you. Sports 1440. And it's time now for Ryan's Rant, brought to you by Action Electrical. You can right now you can get up to a forty thousand dollar ten year interest free loan available from the uh, government of Canada and fifty six hundred in grants free money if you're uh, looking to get residential solar. Learn more at actionelectrical.net. And it is time for Ryan's rent. Okay, here we go. So once again, I've written it out. I talk and I get worked up. I get ahead of myself, so I don't want to leave anything out. First of all, second of all. You'll be happy to know that this week I've stayed away from real, real polarizing topics like religion. I've stayed (laughs) and and all that jazz. And I've stayed close to home in giving you the one thing or at least the top thing on my list that I think needs to be changed about the game of hockey. Okay? Okay. Bear with me. Over the years, we've seen many calls for changes to our game. Some work out, some don't. Some get tweaked and stick around. 1910, the game went from two 30-minute periods or halves to 320s. In 1927, the introduction of a forward pass created for a new era of offensive explosion, paving the way for players like Maurice Richard just a short time later to revolutionize the game. 9192, the NHL introduced video replays on goals as referees needed obvious assistance, often with game-breaking goal situations. 0506 shootouts are introduced. 15-16, we went to the three-on-three overtime to speed up the game and create more exciting odd-man rushes for the fans. All of these rules weren't unanimous changes agreed on by all voters, but they were all the result of major discussions surrounding the coolest game on earth by fans, players, or builders. One thing that not a lot of people asked for, though, was video replay for offsides. In 2013, while playing for the Colorado Avalanche in a late-season, regular-season yawner of a game versus Nashville, Matt Duchesne was 20 feet offsides, and because of this blatant human error that led to a dash one for five unlucky Predators players, within minutes the clip had gone viral, and there was public outcry to change the game and add video replay offsides. It worked for goals. It might as well be added for offsides. The anger subsided, though, and offsides wasn't seen to be a major problem in the overall scheme of things. It was a mistake, a bad mistake, but an isolated mistake, an outlier. As a player, I'm sure I've argued the odd call or non-call with a linesman, but it ended there and was usually forgotten about before the drop puck dropped the next period or even face-off. The way I figured, the vast majority of the time, the inch or so, uh, the vast majority of the time, the inch or so of difference, one way or the other, wasn't all that important. In the end, it was usually more often the result of our team's defensive blunder than a linesman whose eyes were mistaken by a fingernail or two. Seeing someone make a nice pass on a two-on-one to a streaking teammate who goes bar down would usually have me tipping my hat to a great execution by the other team rather than complain about another player's foot on the other side of the ice that wouldn't have anything to do with the goal in the first place. Other than 
a day or two of Duchesne's goal going viral and spawning memes and jokes across the hockey world, which is a new age problem that can be linked to all walks of life. Nobody was asking for this. I don't even ever recall conversations with hockey fans, family or friends wondering what the hell we were going to do with no offsides replay. Many replays make sense. Goals, yes. Plays at first base in baseball, maybe. But nobody asked for this. On top of what I've already stated, here's a scenario. The play often goes on for minutes. The home crowd goes into a frenzy when their team captain cuts across the middle and makes a sleek move, touching twine like Mario Lemieux. The building is electric. The game is tied. Excitement is at a season high, and fans are roaring. The noise meter is at playoff level. But wait, no goal. Two minutes earlier, before a well-executed cycle in both corners, after six hits, three shots, and a block, the game stops for longer than the shift was in the first place, and we see someone's skate blade was unfortunately at an angle only caught on video that was indeed technically a pubic hair offsides. This is ridiculous, unnecessary, and painfully slows down the fastest sport known to man, killing momentum and frustrating thousands. It's a stupid rule. No one asked for it. Nobody wants it. Let's hope it goes the way of the dodo soon. Oh, it's so true, man. I agree. It was, well, at least they've, uh, remember when they first put it in and then they were like, oh, your skate's off the ice. And we're like, what? Why does your skate off the ice have any, you're not in the zone any farther at all like that was that was the worst one so at least they've they've figured that one out uh and they've changed it which makes it way easier because there's here's a guy who's not in the zone but oh his skate is above the plane which i'm like what then technically he's not offside his skate's still outside the zone it's just not on the ice so uh they they have gone better and and i I hope i actually think the nhl might have learned from that because they all overreacted oh my goodness the ref everybody knew it was a blatant miscall like it was so obvious Okay, fine. And so if you want to go to replay, and I've always said this, if you want to go to replay and it's in real time, go right ahead. But when you got to slow it down frame by frame, which of course the human eye, it's impossible for them to see that. Literally impossible. The human eye doesn't go in slow motion when, when it's uh, tracking it. So of course the officials, if somebody had, well, look at this camera angle. We're going frame by frame. And look at this one. It's super duper, super sonic slow motion. It's offside by a pubic hair. It's a very good description, by the way, TR. And I agree with you. It's, I, I don't think they'll ever go back to it now, but at least they've, they've, I think they could go one step further and the next step would say, okay, we'll have offside review, but only in real time. And then you're watching a real time. Well, I can't tell if it's offside. Well, guess what? Because it's not going to impact the play that much. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just, of all the times, just think about it. Like, how many times has it really come down to that? And as a player, you know, I remember lots. The puck didn't go in. I mean, the the act of a goal, I can see that. Okay, the puck goes in or not. That's directly, obviously affecting things. But most of the time, these calls, like the players didn't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're now what we're doing, we're slowing down this. And, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was offsides. Even times, I remember the odd time, like it might be even like six inches, which I guess is half a foot, is it? Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It usually has nothing to do with the goal, you know? E- even as a player, I remember being kind of more upset that our, in those situations that our defensive game broke down, right? That was the first thing I leapt to. But anyway, I don't, I don't want to make it about me. That was my experience over all the years and all the hockey and all the ball hockey. And now as a fan, 
and I don't think my mind has been changed here. I, I, I just, I don't see it. No one asked for it. And, and that's the biggest thing to me. No one asked for it. I mean, I'm sure somebody well, did, some but this the, wasn't. Some of the GMs whined about it at the GM meeting. Yeah, that's what yeah. happened. Some of the GMs in a, you know, while they were on the booze down at their meetings in Florida, it's just was it was ten rungs down the ladder on the list, even at the time yes. of things that the game needed to improve. Yeah, and, and it slowed it down the most, right? We were going to games, and sometimes ten minutes stops. You know, people get aggravated. They're not into the game anymore. The momentum is killed, not only for the team, for the fans, man. And you don't want that. No. And well, the other thing that I've never liked about the rule is it only takes away goals. It never goes and says, hey, we're going to review this play because yeah. once yeah. they blow the whistle and there are because t- I, I know for a fact, if there's times where they're just offside by a bit and it's not whistled down, then guess what? There's as equal amount of times where the guys were onside and it was whistled down for offside. And who knows if they would have scored? We'll never know. But it it, it was only ever punishing goals at a time when the league didn't score and thankfully offense is up and i think the vast majority of people unless you're one of those super sticklers oh you gotta get everything right i want it perfect well how can you watch sports then because sports isn't perfect it's perfectly imperfect which is what makes it exciting right mistakes are always part of the game you can't get a replay jesus you know what whoa whoa that goal shouldn't count because normally our defenseman wouldn't pass it up the middle let's review that so different. Well, yeah, and if we're reviewing that, we can review icings. Did the did did, did the defenseman pinch? Did the puck did the puck hit a stick? I don't know. Let's review that. Let's review if we're talking about dimensions like offsides. Let's review whether the player jumped over to make a line change early enough. <laughs> That's a, that could be a matter of twenty five feet, yeah. really, and often is. But what happens? We let it go because it doesn't matter. Yeah, and the overall scheme of things doesn't matter. No one's complaining. It's all good, right? There was much much more pressing things we need to get to. So let's just leave that. But you could, you could put the video replay in for a line change just as much. It would make just as much sense, which to me is none. Hey boys, thousand percent agree. Not much annoys me more than waiting for an offside review from uh, uncle Jesse. Hey guys, what if it's up to the ref's discretion to determine control the puck? Why can't they have ref's discretion if the offside has an impact on the play from Roldy? Um, well, it's a good question, and I think because discretion from Terry or Jason or Connor or Roldy might all be different at a certain time, and and that probably opens it up even more, right? And so I, I don't know if – like I know penalties right now are discretionary officials, and one day some – hey, you know what? I think that's a hook, and the other guy the next day, nah, I'm not sure I'm going to let it go, and, and and that's part of it. So, I, I you know, it's it's the linesman number one. Who uh, who are calling the offsides? I just I think they get it right way more than they get wrong. Think about it. Think about when they change the rule now and you get punished if you're wrong. Look at how how much it's diminished on offside reviews because they're like, well, geez, I'm not really sure, so they don't do it anymore, right? So there's consequences <laughs> yeah. to it, which makes it uh, way better. Hey guys. I bet if you use the same NHL replay technology that was used in 1963, they still wouldn't know who shot JFK from Sean. <laughs> you never know uh, what what you're going to get. Was there was there a second spitter? Was there a second spitter? That's what we need to know. That's what we. What need an to episode! Know. What oh, an episode. buddy, unbelievable episode. <laughs> Roger McDowell, so good. <laughs> when Newman tells a story, it's so funny.
well, that is one magic loogie. Like, when they're reenacting it in his kitchen, oh, God, I was dying. It's such a classic. Like, some of Seinfeld's best episodes had to do with sports, which is amazing. Like when George and hockey too. Yeah, yeah hockey's in there a little bit. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, like the George Costanza one when he's giving them tips on hitting. <laughs> Just yeah. When he shrinks all the jerseys. Oh yeah. Oh, that's another one. Oh yeah. Because we're gonna get. Yeah, they're watching the highlights. Jeez, I know there's itching and scratch. Oh, so so funny. And then it all it always ties together oh. at the end. Kramer hey, golfing. Oh God, his his golf scenes are so classic but I, I do want to ask quickly before i go to break there did you ever see anyone in all your different jobs that you've worked try to get fired as well as george did when he was driving around in the parking lot with the megaphone dragging the trophy behind have you ever like have you ever seen anybody at work have like a greatest exit of getting fired i've i've seen nothing like that i've had this conversation with buddies and some share stories because that's a classic episode as well. I mean, who tries that? But there are situations, I suppose, as arose for George Costanza that day. But no, that's why it's so funny to me, because I'm sure the situation happens. Right? Oh, somebody out there. Such- <laughs> yes. One of our texters, let me know when you like the best thing you've seen. Not funniest. Couldn't believe it that somebody did. They're like, I'm getting fired. I'm going to make sure I get fired. I don't want to quit because I get fired. Then I'm going to get some you know, severance. And uh, they go out of their way to ensure that it happens. Uh, let us know at 833-401-1440. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Ewell from LED lighting audits and retrofits to design build distribution systems. Ewell services can give you the edge you need to impress your clients. E-W-E-L.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.